0: welcome to the uncommon church podcast today you'll hear a message from our pastor brad Carrington. we hope that it helps you to know god grow strong in your faith and do all that he has called you to do last week in my sermon i read the verse from psalm talking about idolatry and i'm not, i'm just going to quickly reread it but it's going to tee things up for where i feel like we should go today and it said the idols of the nations are silver and gold the work of human hands they have mouths but they do not speak they have eyes but they do not see they have ears but they do not hear nor is there any breath in their mouth and I think what the Lord was trying to do was communicate that all of the idols of the world all these man-made idols they're fake. They're literally made by the hand of man, and they're not a living, breathing, powerful thing. And what the, the contrast is God is saying, I am alive, I am powerful, I am the one that brought you out of slavery in Egypt. And, and that when, if we put our attention and our focus on any kind of idolatry in this world, we're taking our attention off of the one true living God and that his Holy Spirit is present to heal. An idol can't heal you, the living God can heal your body, and today, of course, we're gonna talk about uh, healing. Um, It's funny to me, though, this whole thing, because if you just imagine with me, if you will, you are God, and you have raised up Moses, and you've heard the cry of the people that were slaves in Egypt and you did all the plagues and the Passover and the miracles and then you you took all the people of Israel out of Goshen and you brought them to the Red Sea and then you took an ocean and you went and then you brought the people through on dry land I mean this amazing miracle and then you take that water and you put the water back down and then the Bible says in Exodus 15 that three days later the people of Israel are in the desert heading towards Sinai, and there's no water. They can't find any water. And then they come across this spring, and some springs in the desert are are fresh water. Some are like salt water or just a bitter, stagnant water. So they're like, yay, water, and they taste it, and they're like, boo, bad water. Moses, you're the worst, and God's the worst, and we should still be slaves in Egypt, and he can't do anything to miraculously do water. He just split an ocean in two, but he couldn't possibly give us fresh drinking water. And it's just like, dude, how could you not understand how powerful God is? And oftentimes we will face a little bit of difficulty in our life. And instead of like having faith in God for a miracle, we go boo God and boo faith and boo Jesus and boo healing and, and just, we, we take on all this bitterness. And it's like the people of, of Israel were literally like, I want to go back to being a slave in Egypt. And sometimes we face difficult things and we're like, I can't possibly believe God for a miracle, so I'll go back to sin and living for the devil. It was just 72 hours ago he did this big water miracle, but it's not like God could possibly do another miracle. So if you're going through a difficult season, don't blame God, don't complain, don't criticize. Pray that God's about to do a miracle in your life. So this first time that God is dealing with the people's just ridiculous unbelief and complaining attitude, He says, all right, I'm going to set the record straight. So Exodus chapter 15, he goes, the Lord made a statute, a rule. And he, he said, I'm testing you. If you will diligently listen to the voice of the Lord your God, and you will do what is right in his eyes, and you will give ear to his commandments, and you will keep his statutes, I will put none, say none, I will put none of the diseases on you that I put on the Egyptians because I am the Lord, your healer. God is like, no more complaining, new rule. Listen, obey, I will heal you. I am the Lord, your healer. And if this is true in Exodus 15, long before Jesus and the cross, how much more true is it today that God is our healer? So anytime you're sick, Whether you're facing something serious or a headache, your prayer is not one of complaint. Your prayer is, God, you are my healer. Did you know that it's a personal? The Lord said, I am your healer. So you can go to the Lord and say, Lord, I have a personal healer. You are the king of the universe, and you heal me. Josie and I are pastors in the the Bethel Leaders Network out of Bethel Church in Redding, California, and they send out testimonies from time to time. On Saturdays, they bring some of their prayer team and people of faith and Bible school students um, to what they call the prayer rooms. And if you want, you can go, and you can sign up for a slot, and if you're sick or in pain, you can get prayer, and they're going to believe God for healing. By the way, a lot of children on the prayer team in the prayer rooms, because kids see a lot of miracles, because they don't have a lot of unbelief. Kids just say yes to healing, and people get healed. So it was a few weeks ago, I was reading my emails, and I got this testimony. It came from a, a Bethel student. My daughter is a student, and it was from another student, who she has foot problems, And her mom and dad have foot problems. In fact, they were both born with separate severe pain in in, in their feet. So they went to the healing rooms hoping for healing. The mom suffered from severe and debilitating bunions on her feet. And mom went to the prayer room on a Saturday. She's still waiting in the hallway before she goes in to get prayer. And they've got worship music and, and prayer. And just by being there in faith, all of a sudden she starts realizing that she can lift her toes without any pain. And then she went in and got prayer, and she came out with no pain, no bunions, completely healed. In an instant, she was radically healed. At the end, they all worship together, and they give testimonies of what God has done. Don't forget, Dad also has clubbed feet, excruciating pain, can barely walk, and so does young daughter in the Bible school. Mom knows she got healed, runs up to the stage, and gives a testimony while she's giving her testimony in the middle of her testimony dad is instantly healed and he stands up and looks down at what were his club feet and that are now perfectly straight and not bent and not in pain and he says those are not my feet and he begins to run around the room runs out of the sanctuary down the sidewalk of the parking lot is slain in the spirit right there in the parking lot brand new feet The daughter hears mom's testimony, sees dad get healed and run out of the room, and then she realizes her feet are also completely healed. All three. Yay, God. About, I forget, three or four weeks ago on a Sunday morning, we we prayed for the sick. And there were 15 people in church that waved their hand and testified, I was healed in church today. About five weeks ago, Pastor Adam McCain was a special guest, and he said, I feel a prophetic word for uncommon church, that God in heaven is taking platters, and he's pouring platters over your church. The first platter is a platter of physical healing. The second is financial blessing. And the third is international influence. Now, when you hear prophetic words like that, you can either be like, hmm, that would be nice or you can be like, Lord, I'm holding you at your word and we're believing God for healings, finances, and international influence. Amen. So three weeks ago, 15 people were healed. Two weeks ago on a Wednesday night, we took a cash offering because there was a person in our church that did not have enough money to get to the next day. And Scarlett and Ben were out of town and she's the one who can legally write checks. So there was no way to bless this person except take an offering for cash. And in the 80 people that were here at Presence in Prayer, I haven't touched cash in like 27 years, but there was $500 that was donated to bless this lady financially. <laughs> Josie and I leave this Thursday for Albania. Next Sunday, I'm preaching at a church in Albania. And then we go to Macedonia, and I'm doing a leadership training for pastors. And then we go to England for a day for vacation, and we come back here to be with you. And then we're home for a week, and then we go to Israel for the Israel Solidarity Tour. So we're already seeing healing, financial blessing, and international influence just in the first few weeks of that word. And I'll say this. The last few weeks, about four or five weeks of worship times... The presence of God has been practically tangible. It has been so powerful. But I feel like it's only the beginning and there's more to come. It's kind of like you're a farmer out in West Texas and you've been believing God for rain because your crops are going to die. You've got seed in the ground and you're just praying and believing God for rain and you're driving from town back to your farm just like, Lord, I need rain. And then all of a sudden the clouds get dark and you see a little bit of something on the windshield and you're like, is it, is it raining? And you put your windshield wipers on, and it smears six months' worth of dirt across your windshield. But what that means is it's the beginning of rain, and more is coming. I feel like that's what worship has been. It's been the beginning of rain, and there's more to come. And what I love about hearing you guys sing is that it's not like you didn't come to, like, sing a song. You came to minister to Jesus. You came to bless him, to honor him, to lay your life down and exalt him, which just blesses my soul that you would do that. Because when we're in his presence, that's our first, we're not there to receive. We're there to give him glory. We're there to give him honor. We are there to give him worship, whether we worship him in Sunday morning service or Thursday afternoon in your home. We're there to bless the Lord and minister to him. But like I mentioned earlier, when I'm in the presence of my grandson, I am changed. I am not the same person after a few minutes hanging out with this amazing little guy. I, I am changed in my grandson's presence. When we come into the presence of God in worship, we should be transformed. We should not leave the same way we came in. And if if you need healing in your body or your heart or your mind, you should not go back to your car without receiving healing because in his presence, we are healed. There is healing in his presence. Right? Whoever said yes, come on, somebody. (laughs) Think about the Bible. Read read the the Acts. not, Not the Acts, the Gospels. I have several verses from Acts, but read the Gospels. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Answer me this question. How many sick people came to Jesus in faith and did not leave healed? The answer is zero. 100 out of 100 people that went to Jesus that needed healing, they got into his presence, they were healed. And if there's any one verse that summarizes all four Gospels, Luke wrote it in Acts chapter 10. He said, God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. And he, Jesus, went about doing good and healing some of those that were oppressed by the devil. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Oh, snap. Josh, you have the Bible version of the Bible. And it says, Jesus of Nazareth was anointed with the Holy Spirit and power, and he went about doing good and healing, can you all say all? All. All who were oppressed by the devil because God was with him. Quick question. In 2024, all the disciples are in heaven with Jesus. I don't know about Judas, but the other 11 are definitely with Jesus. Who is tasked with continuing the work of Jesus on the earth? We are. We are. It is absolutely us. And in 2024, ever since Acts chapter 2 in the upper room when God poured out his Holy Spirit in power, who are the anointed ones? We are. are. Therefore, our calling in life, whether you are in full-time ministry or you're raising your children full-time or you're retired or you're just deep in the middle of your career, whatever you do doesn't matter. You're calling what you have been created to do is to be anointed with the Holy Spirit and power and to do good, healing all of those that have been oppressed by the devil. And if that is not yet who you are, that is your prayer for today. Lord, make me like you, that I would follow in your footsteps, anoint me with your Holy Spirit and power, that I would go about doing good and heal all of those that are oppressed by the devil. There's a lot of people that have been oppressed by the devil, so therefore there's a lot of people that need to step up and say yes to healing and yes to learning how to heal. In fact, Jesus said in John chapter 14, I tell you the truth, Jesus says, listen to me carefully, I'm not lying, I'm telling you the truth. Anyone, say anyone, Anyone. all of us, who believes in me, in Jesus, you're going to do the same works that I have done. And then Jesus says, nah, actually I'm going to double down. You're going to do greater works than Jesus said I've been doing, because I'm going to go with the Father. I'm going to send you the Holy Spirit. I'm going to anoint you with the Holy Spirit and power so that you can continue the same ministry that Jesus did. Now, we can't do greater works than Jesus until we at least start doing the same works as Jesus. So your mission in life, if you choose to accept it, well, whether you do or not, this is the mission that God's called you to, is to go about doing good and healing all those oppressed by the devil. Now, all sickness... Is some form of oppression by the enemy it doesn't come from God sickness is not a gift from God that is the that is terrible theology God you're a loving father thank you for giving me this sickness to teach me a lesson I, I had three kids and a grandson I don't give them sickness to teach them a lesson I'm a loving father I don't I'm not perfect like God but I would never give my kids sickness to teach them a lesson sickness comes Because Adam and Eve sinned against God, and ever since then, there has been a sin problem and a sickness problem in the earth, which is why we need Jesus. Now, God will use a sickness to teach us a lesson, sure, but he's not the one who gives us a sickness. Remember that verse from Exodus? Exodus chapter 15, the Lord says, I am the God that heals you. I am your healer. So Jesus says, all of those that have been oppressed by the devil, it is God that heals you. And then people will be like, I know, that's the point. God heals, Jesus healed. I'm not God, I'm not Jesus. So I, what, what am I supposed to do here? Can we go back, Josh, can you pull up Acts? I mean, uh, yeah, Acts 10, 38, one more time. God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with Holy Spirit power to destroy the works of the enemy. It doesn't say God anointed Jesus of heaven. God anointed Jesus of the pearly gates. God anointed Jesus of the streets of gold with Holy Spirit power. Luke is saying, God anointed Jesus, the man from Nazareth with Holy Spirit power, a human person that needed anointing. It wasn't Jesus' deity that needed anointing, it was humanity that needed anointing. And if you have humanity, you need an anointing to destroy the works of the devil. And that, if you're like, I don't, what does anointed mean? Think of like, you know how your grandma has that old practically expired sunscreen but she goes on your summer vacation and she's like, here, use this from like 1977 and you smear some of it on and it's like mayonnaise that just like sticks on the outside of you. It will not, and you just keep rubbing and rubbing and rubbing and you're still white. That's the anointing. It means to smear. And God says, I'm going to anoint you. I'm going to smear you with Holy Spirit's power and presence until you are able to do miracles and heal the sick. And if you think that Jesus is the only one that's able to heal the sick, that means that we become spectators, not participators. And we're like, well, I read my Bible and Jesus healed all these sick people. I don't know what he meant by we would do greater works than these, but it certainly is great that Jesus was able to heal the sick. Bravo, Jesus. Well done for healing the sick. Too bad you're not here in 2024 and all these sick people are going to continue to be sick. No, in 2024, he says, I'm going to return to the Father, send you my Holy Spirit in power, and you will continue to do the great works of healing to make Jesus famous. Remember, it says Jesus of Nazareth not Jesus, of heaven. So therefore, it is an invitation for you and I to say yes to Holy Spirit's power, yes to Holy Spirit's presence, that we would destroy the works of the devil wherever we go. Uncommon Church of Euless has been anointed with Holy Spirit power and presence to destroy the works of the enemy. (laughs) Jesus' own examples in scripture is an invitation to do the same things he did. So when we talk about healing, we might be like, yeah, but I have prayed for a few sick people and they were never healed. I know, but 15 people were healed three weeks ago. I, in fact, that particular Sunday, I didn't lay hands on anybody. You did. You guys remember that about three weeks ago? People were like, I have a sickness, I have a pain, I have this. And it was you guys that reached over, put a hand on a shoulder and prayed a prayer of faith. Well, I didn't pray for nobody. Y'all were just prayed for yourselves. So you might not be good at it yet, but that doesn't mean you can't say yes. If we only say yes to the things we're good at, then what would be the walk of faith? It would be a walk of intellect. Faith is saying yes to things that we can't do. That's all of Jesus's ministry for us is saying yes to things that we can't do. He literally, listen to this, Jesus literally gave the disciples an instruction they couldn't do. Matthew chapter 10, he said, hey y'all, it's time for you to go continue doing what I'm doing. Heal the sick, raise raise the dead, cure those with leprosy, cast out demons as freely as you have received, freely give. He didn't, no, he didn't say pray for the sick. He didn't say pray for the dead to be raised. He didn't say pray for leprosy to be healed. He didn't say pray the devils would be, he said you do it. You heal the sick, you raise the dead, you cast out demons. And if we say yes to that, that's what we're called to do. And this is where a lot of people in the body of Christ are like, um. Yeah, this makes me uncomfy. I might pray that Jesus heals somebody. I don't have any understanding of how I would heal somebody. Christ in you, the hope of glory. I can't say yes only to the things that make me comfortable. In fact, the longer I walk with Jesus, it seems that my comfort level to him really isn't that important. He is often asking me to do things that make me feel uncomfy. And I think he's creating a need for me to rely on The comforter so going back jesus said in matthew chapter 10 hey disciples jesus followers you go heal the sick raise the dead cast out devils it would have been cruel to tell the disciples to go do something that he was they were not equipped to do he commanded them to do it it would be a, a cruel joke if they weren't able to do it instead it's an invitation that they would say yes So for you and I, it is not a cruel joke that the Bible says from Genesis to Revelation that God is the one that heals and we are the one to lay hands on the sick. It is an invitation. We are the ones that need to say yes. Oftentimes when we face sickness, whether it's a headache or cancer, we look at it as this giant lock. And it's like, I just have no way to get through this sickness. Why don't you put Jesus, the key, into the lock and bring healing to those that need it? Jesus of Nazareth came to destroy the works of the devil. You have been called to continue the work of the ministry. So healing is to make Jesus famous. It's not to make you famous. If, if you begin to pray and people get healed, it's not meant for you to sell books and have a conference to make you famous. Everything we do is to make Jesus famous. 600 years before Jesus, the prophets are beginning to prophesy to Israel about a coming Savior, Messiah. Isaiah prophesies, it's 600 years before Bethlehem. And he's like, Man, I, I see this one. And he, the way he wrote it in Isaiah 53 that this Messiah, this Savior, is going to bear our grief, carry our sorrow, and we esteem him to be stricken, maybe even smitten by God. But he was pierced for our transgression, he was crushed for our iniquity, and the chastisement that was put on him actually brings me peace and his wounds were healed he said this six hundred years before Jesus go back to verse four he bore our grief that word in Hebrew I told you we did some Hebrew study that, that word in Hebrew is the same word for sickness he bore our grief he bore our sickness Jesus carried our sickness and our pain to the cross and he defeated them for a reason By Jesus' wounds, we are healed. When the Roman soldiers beat Jesus, we were receiving healing and the stripes, the scars that Jesus bore on his back. And here's the thing. What happened when Jesus was beaten and crucified? He was paying a price for our healing. And once something has been paid for, you can't pay for it a second time, especially something that was a gift to you. Think about the most valuable gift that you've gotten for your birthday or Christmas recently. You don't get to then receive this gift and go, oh, thank you so much, what a valuable gift. Let me give you money for it. That's not how a gift works. It's already been paid for. All you need to do is learn how to receive it and use it. That is the gift of healing. It's been paid for 2,000 years ago. It doesn't need to get paid for again. All you need to do is receive it and figure out how it works. And sometimes you're gonna do it right and sometimes you're gonna do it wrong, but that doesn't mean you stop praying for healing. It's like money that has been put into your bank account. You don't need to put in more money. You need to learn how to make a withdrawal. Jesus doesn't need to do anything new when you pray for sick people. We simply need to apply what has been done. Now, I'll be honest. I am entirely average at praying for the sick. I know that over 40 years of walking with Jesus, I have seen blind eyes open once, and I have seen a woman come back from, she wasn't quite dead, but like, she was dead. The doctors were working on her, and she came back to life when we prayed. And I've seen many, many, many other smaller miracles. But I am by no means an expert in healing. However, I am the pastor of a church that God prophesied I'm going to pour out a platter from heaven for healing. So therefore, I am obligated to say yes and to contend for it and then to teach you the same. So we as a church, it's our obligation to say yes. Every time you read the book of Acts, if you haven't read the book of Acts and you're not in a daily Bible reading plan, consider yourselves homework is to read the book of Acts this week. And as the gospel message was spread all around the world, the disciples would preach the gospel and then they'd pray for the sick or cast out demons and people were healed. So basically, when Jesus was resurrected from the dead, he handed the baton or he passed the ball to the disciples. He said, all right, boys y'all go into the nations and do it Mark chapter 16 the disciples would go about everywhere and they preached and then the Lord worked through them confirming what they said by miraculous signs so we preach the gospel and then the Lord does miraculous signs but we're the ones that have to pray it all goes back to we're not worshiping idols that cannot see and cannot hear We're worshiping the one true living God who said, I am the God that heals. I am alive. Jesus rose from the dead. He is not dead. He is alive, seated at the right hand of the Father. He sent his Holy Spirit to anoint us, to smear us with his presence and with power. I love when young people are like, I just, I don't know what God's plan is for my life. God's plan is for you to destroy the works of the devil. I'll I'll even give you a verse. If you're a young person and you're like, well, I'm not sure what God's plan. First John chapter uh, three. Verse 8, whoever makes a practice of sinning is of the devil. The devil has been sinning since the beginning. But the reason that the Son of God appeared was to destroy the works of the devil. So Jesus' mission on earth was to destroy the works of the devil. And then after Jesus was raised from the dead and he showed himself to the disciples, he said this in John chapter 20, Peace be with you as the Father sent me, now I send you. So your mission in life, whatever you do for a living, I don't really care. Your mission in life is to destroy the works of the devil in Jesus' name. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cast out devils. That's God's call on your life. Another question I'll often get, Pastor, you know, we prayed and they they still got sick or they died. They went to heaven. Is it always God's will to heal? Well, we've already said that every single person in the Bible that came to Jesus for faith for healing was healed. So according to the Bible, it is always God's will to heal. But let me also be clear. Jesus lived 33 years on the earth. Not everybody in Israel was healed, just a few. That's how all the disciples got to pray for sick people. Does that make sense? He didn't pray for everybody to be healed, just a few, but they were absolutely healed. So until every single person I pray for is healed, I'm going to keep trying until I get better because we have had several people in this family get sick and die and go to heaven, and I've prayed for them. And in the last year, we had many people in my personal life, from my own family to others, that got sick, I prayed for them, and they still went to heaven. The lesson is, if you get sick, don't let me pray for you. Just kidding. We're gonna continue to pray and believe God for healing. Because Jesus, he didn't pray for every sick person, but those that he prayed for were healed. So therefore, we're going to continue to ask Holy Spirit to lead us, and we're going to pray. The second question is, when I pray, do I have to, am am I begging God to do something? No, we've already said that once the money has been put into the account, you don't need it to be put in again. You just need to learn how to withdraw. We've bought a few cars over the years. We'll put a a, a bank note on it. When we pay off the bank note, they will mail me the title so I am fully the owner of that car. If I were to take my car that just got paid off with the new title back to the dealership and be like, hey, there's the car I bought four years ago and here's the title. I'd like to, to buy it again. They'd look at me like I was certifiably insane because you can't buy something that you already own and has been paid for You don't have to beg Jesus to to die on the cross again. The work of healing is finished. It is done. We need to apply that victory to the people we're praying for today. It's already been paid for on the cross. The stripes that Jesus endured by the Roman soldiers paid for our healing. I will say this though. In my observation, healing and unforgiveness are often at odds with one another. I see people that are not healed because they're carrying unforgiveness in their heart. Somebody hurt them, spouse, brother, sister, family, coworker, grandma, uncle, whatever hurt them and they carry that unforgiveness which then blocks off their heart to be healed. So if there's somebody in your life that hurt you but you have not yet forgiven them, even if they're already dead and gone, your obligation is to forgive them. Release that debt, open yourself up to the Lord for healing, don't live closed off, carrying unforgiveness against somebody. And also, by the way, if if you haven't repented of your sin, you should repent of your sin, make Jesus the Lord of your life and live holy. Do you remember back in Exodus, the Lord said, I'll be the God that heals you, but you do have to listen and obey my commands. So you don't get to listen and not obey, you have to listen and obey, and then we know that Jesus is our healer. Now I'll also say this, I can mess with that theology because I've seen unsaved people get healed. Just keep praying for everybody. It's beyond human reason. We can study. We can learn intellectually. But we're not always going to understand. Sometimes you're praying for somebody and there's hidden sin. The only person that knows there's sin is the person you're praying for. I felt strongly a couple of weeks ago about hidden sin and I called it out. Hopefully you obeyed and that wasn't something that you were keeping from the Lord. I want you to If you've got a, a sin that only you know about, when we pray here in a few minutes, I want you to repent. Ask God to forgive you. What about this question? Men, we prayed. We saw them healed. Three weeks ago, they raised their hand. They were one of the 15. But three weeks later, they're sick or in pain again. The healing didn't stick. What do we do with that? Well, it's a good question. It's not, it's not a bad question. Luke chapter 11. Jesus said, it is by the finger of God that I drive out demons. And the kingdom of God comes upon you. Jump down to verse 24. The unclean spirit goes out of a person, it passes through waterless places, seeking somewhere that it can rest. And if it doesn't find anything, it's going to return to the place that it came from. And when it comes back, it's going to see that the house has been swept in an order. So then it goes and it brings seven other spirits, even more evil than itself, and then it will try to come back and enter and dwell there. And the last state of that person is worse off than the first state. So Jesus is saying, when the enemy is kicked out of a place, it's going to seek to come back. Now, I will also say not every sickness is a demon, but every sickness is a work of the devil in some way. So all, sick, all healing is not always a one-time thing. Sometimes it requires maintenance on our part to keep the house full of the presence of God. So that even if that sickness comes back seven times stronger, there's so much of God's power and presence in the house, it can't break in again. So, pop up on your feet. You wanna pray for the sick, obviously, in a minute. If you have unforgiveness when we pray, I want you to ask God to help you to release that debt. You don't wanna carry that in your physical body. Third thought, as I gave you the first two. A lot of sickness is a generational curse. It was handed down through your bloodline came from your parents, grandparents, great-grandparents, they opened the door to some sort of sickness. That testimony of a young woman in California, wasn't it interesting that both of her parents had feet trouble and she also had feet trouble? When, you ever notice when you go to the doctor, they ask for a medical history? Tell us about your parents, tell us about your grandma and grandpa. And they write all this stuff down, if there was any sickness. And they're looking for generational sicknesses that are being handed down. Oftentimes, sickness is a generational curse. I uh, had a spirit filled doctor that we went to in um, uh, New Mexico, uh, a guy at our church. And the first time I went, he did a big workup. He asked a million questions about our family history. And, um, and then he said, all right, and he had like two or three pages of notes, and he put them in a file folder in front of me. He said, lay your hand on this file folder. And we both laid our hands, and he began to pray in other tongues, and he said, we bind and rebuke generational curses that have been handed down through Brad's family line, that he would not deal with any of these health issues in Jesus' name. The final thought I would have, can we bring the house lights down? It just seems more spiritual when we talk about things like this. Because they're about to play something in a minor chord, and it's just as weird that the house lights are at full when I'm talking about these things. The human body is constantly multiplying oh now, it's black in here. Wow, okay, now you can really get healed. Um, it's not, yeah. Yeah. my air is. Well done today, yeah. The human body is a source of food for sickness. So you might catch a little bug, cold flu, something, and like Kroger. I don't know why you left it? Some of you Tom Fon, people are like, yeah, those Kroger people get sick. I meant in public. Could have been your child, it makes you sick. But that little bug will latch onto your body and then feed off of your body. It needs nutrients and it destroys cells as it multiplies that cold or flu or even bigger sickness. And a lot of times we come into agreement with sickness. And we don't say no. And we'll say, I have a cold, I have a sickness, I have a whatever disease. And we come into agreement with that disease being in your body. Ever since Jesus died on the cross, ever since he was beaten and bruised for our healing, and we have been redeemed from the curse. Be like, well, you said ever since Genesis chapter 2 and 3, when Adam and Eve sinned, that's why we have sickness. Yeah, I know. But that's also why Jesus came, to destroy the works of the devil. So we need to say, no, my body is not a host for the flu. My body is not a, you you may not feed off of me. You may not multiply off of me. My body has been bought with the blood of Jesus. I walk in health. I walk in strength. I walk in prosperity. Don't come into agreement with sickness. If, If sickness tries to touch your body, it needs to die in Jesus' name. Let me also give you one more. If you are a tither, you give the Lord the first 10% of your income and you do it joyfully. The Bible says in Malachi that your crops will not die, they're gonna live. You will walk in health and blessing and prosperity and long life. He will protect you because you choose to tithe and honor God Now, prosperity isn't a, it's not not a financial thing. We always think of the word prosperity and we think of TV preachers with jets. I think of prosperity and I think of long, healthy life. So if you want to walk in prosperity, walk in health, he'll give you another. It's a freebie, 10 Commandments. The only of the 10 Commandments that if you obey this command, there's also a promise that'll be given to you. Honor your mother your mother and father you will live long in the land honor your mother and father you will live long in the land it's the only one of the Ten Commandments that comes with a promise so if you honor your parents you're gonna live long in the land that is a promise from God that you can stand on when you're believing God for healing and if you didn't maybe you had terrible parents you forgive them and then you honor them, but that doesn't mean they need to be in your life. They might not be healthy to have your parents in your life. They might have died and already gone on, but it means that you forgive them and you honor them, even if they weren't great parents. We've got a friend of ours who um, was raised in India. Her parents live in Canada, and she's like, I've always honored mom and dad, but then the Lord gave her a revelation of this verse honor your mom and dad live long in the land and the Holy Spirit said you have honored like a little bit but honor is such a deep well that I really want you to honor your mom and dad she began to weep she bought a plane ticket flew up to Toronto or wherever they are and she repented this is a good family Christian family good parents good daughter and she said I've honored you like on the surface I haven't really honored you deep and I want to live long in the land and I want to be prospered so I am laying my life down to honor you. There's a lot we can learn about how to honor our parents even if they're dead and gone. You can honor them and honor their memory. It doesn't mean they were great parents. I know a lot of parents can be terrible. Some parents are abusive mentally, physically, sexually, emotionally, verbally. You forgive them of that and then you honor them. I'm not... (laughs) I know it's hard if you've had bad parents. I'm not saying they need to be in your life, but you do need to honor them. Final verse, 1 Peter, chapter two. Jesus personally carried our sins in his body on the cross so that we can be dead to sin and then we can live for what is right. And by his wounds, we are healed. Let me ask you a question, and this is between you and the Holy Spirit. Maybe even close your eyes. Are you living completely dead to sin? Or is there still sin in your life? And did you notice that he connects our obedience to living holy with his healing in our bodies? Go all the way back to the first verse, Exodus chapter 15. The Lord said, if you will listen and obey I am the Lord that heals you. There is a correlation between our obedience to God and him healing our bodies. If you're here this morning and there's pain or sickness in your body that is not God's will and we're going to believe God for healing, but if there's some sort of sin that you need to repent of. You've been listening, but you haven't been obeying God. You need to repent, ask God to forgive you. And in our final worship time, we're going to take communion. And the Apostle Paul told the church, some people in the church in Corinth are sick and some have died because they didn't honor the body and blood of the Lord Jesus. Well, if you take that verse and flip it upside down, if you would truly honor the body and blood of the Lord Jesus, you will be healed and walk in health and prosperity. So when we take communion in a few minutes, I really want you to honor the body and blood of the Lord Jesus and receive healing in your bodies. If you are sick, in a few minutes, I'm gonna have the elders of the church come up here in the center. Because James said, if you're sick, call the elders of the church. They're gonna come pray for you. They're gonna anoint you with oil. And a prayer offered in faith will heal the sick. It will heal the sick. The Lord will make you well. And if you have committed any sins, you're gonna be forgiven. Notice the correlation between repenting of sin and being healed in our body. If you're here this morning and you've never made Jesus the Lord of your life or you're watching at home on YouTube and you're not right with God, you know that if you were to die today, you would not go to heaven. You are not in right relationship with God through Jesus. Today is your, don't let this moment pass. Repent of your sin, ask Jesus to forgive you, that he would be the Lord of your life, that you would listen and obey. I want to lead you in a prayer. Before we pray for the sick, I want to lead you in a prayer to get right with God. It might be the first time you've ever prayed a prayer like this and really meant it. Or it might be the first time in a long time and you are returning to the things of God. Whether you're here in this room or you're watching online, I want you to pray and get right with God. Make Jesus the Lord of your life. Just go ahead and close your eyes. You know, I can't pray it for you. I can lead you. I would like to know who I'm praying for, with every head bowed and every eye closed. If that's you and you're here this morning and you're like, Pastor, I'm not right with God. If I were to die today, I don't know that I would go to heaven, but I am absolutely gonna listen and obey and repent and ask God to forgive me. It might be the first time or the first time in a long time you've prayed this prayer, but if you're here today and you need to pray and get right with God, would you shoot your hand up real high and just say, Preacher, pray for me. I see your hand, is there anybody else? Just shoot your hand up real high. And just say, i need to get right with God. Anybody else? Shoot your hand up real high. Good. All right, YouTube. One person right away was like, today's my day to get right with God. Right there watching that screen. If you need to get right with God, just shoot your hand up. Just say, Lord, I'm getting right with you today. For the sake of the one and for those watching online, if you believe this in your heart, can we all pray this out loud? Say, Lord Jesus, I repent of my sin. I die to my sin." so i can live for you forgive me wash me and cleanse me i receive the gift of forgiveness of adoption in your family and healing in my body thank you for loving me thank you for forgiving me thank you for healing me you are my healer my faith is in you i choose to forgive anyone that's hurt me i choose to confess so i can be holy before you lord teach me to pray for healing to believe for healing and to make you famous in jesus name if you agree say amen hey i'm so proud of you for getting right with the lord today i'm proud of you youtube good job Thank you for listening to the Uncommon Church Podcast. If this message has impacted your life, please subscribe and share with your friends and family. And for more information on our church community, you can click the link in the description or visit UncommonChurch.tv.